Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just $36.80. Randy and Glen Rose, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call, Jim. I listen to you whenever I work on Saturdays. Um, I had a client recently in my area contact me because they had some mildew that was growing up the uh, drywall only behind things in their house. So behind couches, behind entertainment centers, anywhere where uh, there was something up against the wall. When I did further investigation, it's a a foundation uh, home, but the house was built probably in the 40s. They've got a hill directly behind their house that when the water runs off, it just completely floods behind. They've even had to have some reinforcement done back there. My question is, um, could the could the mildew be coming? They have very little ventilation underneath the house, uh, um, above the foundation, of course. Could the mildew be coming from water getting trapped underneath the house and just not having a chance uh, to to evaporate quick enough, and therefore coming up the easiest place it could be, which is the uh, the, the drywall? Or do you think there's something else going on? I think there's probably something else going on. But let me let me clarify get clear here what what the foundation is because you, you say a slab but then you start talking about crawl space under it so is it a slab well, that's got a, a, a suspended floor above it that's correct it's a slab it was again remember built in the 40s so they did right. things a little backward back then so slab with a frame built uh, home on top of it it's got some ventilation holes on the side but not I, not enough in my opinion it's not a very it's about a probably a thousand square foot home okay but, they, are you uh, sure this isn't a pier and beam where, where it's got just a perimeter concrete beam, but it's just a crawl space underneath? You know, it very well could be. It's got stone going all the way down to the foundation, so we haven't had a chance to really investigate further beyond that. Okay. But, uh, yeah. More than likely that's what it is, because in the 40s that was a, a very common way of doing it. They really didn't start doing the slabs and then suspending the floor above it until we got into the 80s and 90s, and really that's become a lot more popular now. But... Uh, Yes, what you were just talking about, where the water comes down the hill, it gets up underneath the house, it's coming up through the floors. The reason it's you're you're seeing it behind furniture and things, that AC system is not taking enough humidity out of the air. You know, and, and they did mention that they have a $300 a month uh, electric bill, uh, like their system's not working properly. Yep. And I said, for a house that small, there it should not have that large of electric bill i've already asked them to contact a local hvac company and also even have the power company come out and check their meter make sure it's not malfunctioning in some way now i I, I will i will bet you money right now that if you go in that place and you check the humidity it's going to be in excess of 75 percent and you know what happens is behind uh dressers and couches and things like that the air just doesn't move much and so when that humidity level gets that high the wall will start to mildew but it is tied to the moisture underneath because that's raising the moisture level and the ac system is just not able to keep up with it right it's almost as if you were there because when i was there yesterday i told her i said it does feel a little humid in here so uh, all right well i think we're going down the right path then i appreciate the uh, confirmation there and uh we'll continue to enjoy your show thank you so much randy uh what is the preferred time of year to have your foundation repunt repairs done i.e. is frozen ground hardness make the job tougher thanks 
We don't have to worry about that here in Texas. Our ground does not freeze with with the weather. In the northern states, yes, they do have issues with doing construction, but that's where you get a blanket of snow and ice that stays on the ground for months at a time. Even when we do have snow and we get freezing rain and ice on the bridges and ice on the roads and all that stuff, two days later it's gone. I mean, we never have enough freezing weather to worry about the ground freezing down to, enough to ca cause any issues with doing foundation repair. Interesting thing, in the northern states, and I, I, I saw, saw some stuff recently about basements. In the northern states, they, they do basements to get down below the freeze lines, and then they dig out another foot or two, and they got great usable space. They've started doing slab foundations in the northern states, and the way they get away with it is they're putting down uh, styrofoam out around the foundation in order to keep the cold off of it. So the heat in the home keeps the ground from freezing under the foundation, causing all kinds of issues with the house. So one of the questions I've always had with this, and you know, next time I go up north, I need to ask about it. So if somebody doesn't keep the heat on in their house, are they going to let the ground freeze and ruin that foundation? Because that is a, a big issue. Uh, when the ground freezes, changing sides and breaking up concrete and such. Anyways, 1-800-288-9227. Uh, as far as the best time of year to do foundation repair, there is no best time of year. It's whenever you're ready and want to address the problem. I will tell you, typically in the winter months, your contractors are more willing to make deals because on foundation repair, they are swamped come summer and fall. Hello, Jim. I'm uh, replacing my driveway, and uh, I'm, I've got a water line that was, the house is built in 68, so it runs on next to it and then underneath it to the house. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and replace it. But I've been told four different materials for the supply line, uh, PEX, soft copper, Schedule 40, and Schedule 80. What do you think is the best? Well, all of them will do the same thing. They're all going to run water through them and, and keep water going to your house. I, I will tell you, I typically like switching over to PEX at this point in time. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely do PEX over PVC pipe. Okay. And and not that there's been any, any big problems with PVC. It, it's just the installation is so much easier with it. Uh, there's no, absolutely nothing wrong with going with copper pipes other than it's expensive. Right. Okay. That's exactly what I wanted to know then. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Yeah, the, the 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 PEX pipes that are out there now, they, it, it really is a good product. And, and the nice thing about it, you know, if you put PVC, if you put copper, you put any of the other types of pipe in, there's joints in the segments. A PEX pipe can run from one end to the other because it comes in a big roll. No joints. It works great. Steve, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? 
Uh, I was wondering now, since the weather has, hasn't been really too cold or too hot, I haven't been running the air conditioning or the heater. I wonder if that's bad, you know, for a house because of the humidity. It is. It's horrible for the house. Oh, okay. So, uh, should I? You know, I just the other caller heard that he could get a dehumidifier for the garage. I wonder if I got one of those for the house. Would that be good enough? Or I really need to yes. run the air conditioner. No, you you uh, the, the the dehumidifier for the short period of time that you don't need air conditioning or heat would definitely help because what happens if you don't run you're not taking moisture out of the air and it starts getting into carpets curtains oh. sheetrock okay. things like that okay. so you definitely need something running but a dehumidifier would would uh, probably take care of it okay all right well can um like an extended period of time could i go what's a, a like a length of time without running the air conditioning or uh, like once a week just turn on and let it uh, for a couple hours, or really no. have to do it more than that, or it's it's a daily thing. I mean, oh. once you once you don't have it running, you're uh -huh. no longer controlling the humidity and stuff in the air. Okay, uh, th that's that's when you'll start having issues with it. And okay. what you're going to see is things like your doors will start to swell. Okay, uh, trim boards will start to swell. Sheetrock will start getting. Uh, a haze on them, which is really just a mildew growing on the walls. So uh -huh. it's not something you want to let happen. Right. Okay. All righty. Take care, Steve. That's it. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. Yeah. Earlier, I had a call on that, and they had the air conditioner off for two years, and they're trying to figure out if they can even salvage the house, which I think they can. Just a reminder: it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Stephen, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, Jim. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Enjoying the good weather. Uh, hey, I've got a question. We rent a two-bedroom townhome, and uh, we've, we've noticed the hot water, um, over time, it kind of reduces to a trickle. We brought it to, uh, to their attention. The maintenance came out, and what they typically do is uh, inject air into the pipes and blow out the clog. Uh -huh. And what that causes is a bunch of uh, debris to come out. Right. As the best way I can describe it is uh, little, little tiny pellets of metal, it looks like, and dark water, brownish. Uh, I guess my two questions are, uh, is, there, is there a reason to be concerned here? And uh, is there a way to fix it? I mean, I'm sure there's a way to fix it, but how? Yeah. Well, when you say it slows down to a trickle, uh, is this happening at each of the different faucets, or everything is always doing it all at the same time? It's it's throughout the house. Most uh, most annoyingly, the shower. <laughs> okay. But uh, because it it sounds like debris is traveling through the pipes and clogging up some of the. Uh, aerators and screens and things like that, that that are in place to capture that stuff. And basically all he's doing by blowing air in it is is moving it and it goes somewhere else and happens again. Uh, it, it should be happening pretty quick right back onto the same fixtures. How often is, is he having to do this? Oh, every few months. Okay. The simple fix would be to put a filter to be capturing the stuff before it ever gets into your units, in, into your pipes. 
Uh, do you have your own water heater, or is it uh, a, a communal water heater? It, it's for the whole building. There's multiple units. It's a uh, okay. Boy. Yeah, and that's more than likely where it's at. Is it, it's just got stuff into the water heater, and that starts plugging everything else up. Uh, is he not trying to flush the lines out? I'm not sure. I know they uh, they replaced the pipe going to one of the faucets in our downstairs bathroom. But okay. They haven't fixed uh, the entire unit. Yeah. Uh, I'm mostly concerned if there's a health hazard. Not really. I mean, quite honestly, if, if you ever looked at a pipe uh, that the water runs through, you'd never drink a glass of water without filtering it first. But uh, as far as it being a health issue... No more so than than if it was flowing the way it should. Okay, so no heavy metals or anything like that. No, nah, nothing. Nothing that I would lose any sleep over. Okay. Thank you, sir. You bet. Take care, Stephen. Yeah, if you if you've ever seen a pipe where, you know, a water pipe, cut it in half and take a look. As it as it ages, it just builds up more and more gunk in that pipe. And it is really disgusting looking. You would never, ever drink out of a pipe again. I listened to the video on replacing old canister lights with LED ones. Please clarify, do I remove the one fixture to do these? Go in the old fixture? Do I have to go in the attic at any point? And this is from Anthony. Well, Anthony, it really depends on the fixture that you're going with. Now... For most of us, they, you know, if you've got the, uh, an old canister-type recessed lighting up in your ceiling right now, and you want to update it, they actually make LED fixtures that screw into the light socket, and it's on a wire. Then the fixture itself just shoves up into the opening and covers the old ring of the old canister and it looks like you got a brand new recessed lighting fixture up there however if you choose not to go that route you'd have to go up in the attic or access the ceiling somehow take the old fixture out put the new fixture in for me it ain't worth doing all that i'm going to just use like i was just talking about plug it into the old light fixture slide up the light fixture and cover the old canister with just a new cover on the bottom that has the LED lights in it, and it works just fine. The only thing you have to be prepared for when you do this is the switch itself. If you have a dimmer switch on the old canister lights, it may or may not work with the new LED ball, uh, lighting. And I say that because the LED fixtures do require certain types of dimmer switches. It's not that they won't work with dimmers that you just got to have the right type of switch the right fixture so you know that's just something that you're going to have to look at and make that determination uh but quite frankly before you do away with the dimmer switch you have plug it in you know plug the lights in try it out it may or may not work what are you out if it doesn't work you just got to still change out the light switch and if it works great but it is a very simple do-it-yourself project that uh, you just don't have to do a whole lot of worrying about and 
the nice thing, it doesn't require a bunch of tools and stuff. It just literally slides up and clips into place. Talked about foundation watering systems to maintain home foundations. On brick quality soil, how deep should the foundation watering system be placed? 12 inches, 18 inches, 24 inches? Well, Darlene, I got good news for you. You don't have to go that deep on any of the soils. Truthfully, just bury the hose like two to eight inches into the ground. All you're trying to do is get your soaker hose deep enough that the sun isn't absorbing all the moisture. If you use soaker hoses on the surface and you run them, you're going to lose about 20% of the water to evaporation. So if you bury them just a couple inches, you're not losing that 20% to evaporation. That's really what it's all about. It's, it's not a matter of having to get it real deep in order to save soils or, or different types of soils, things like that. It's just a matter of getting it deep enough to where you're not losing to evaporation. Now, keep those hoses 12 to 18 inches away from the foundation. You don't want it right up against the foundation. And give it a little bit of water daily. The biggest mistake people make with watering the foundation is during the winter months like we're going through right now everybody says oh, i don't need to water trees are dormant and you know we're having all this rain granted we're having a lot of rain right now but in normal situations i'm you want to water year-round because in the winter months you're playing catch up for the summer and getting ready for next summer three we were talking to Stephen from richmond and um one other i had a, two more things i was okay. wondering about how do you feel about uh, using something like Flex Seal in the uh, aluminum gutter joint? Because it's, it's leaking pretty bad, and uh, I had to do something before the rain came. Yeah. So as far as permanent fixes, would it, you know, would that be okay, or should I get like some JB weld and some flashing? Well, the the JB weld I think would give you a longer term fix, but honestly, okay. I've personally have not used the Flex Seal in gutters like that. Uh, I've used it on some other things. Um, I think it's going to buy you a lot more time than you, than uh, than you think it will. Okay, that's that's good to hear. Then, yeah, uh, it, I mean, because like right, right before the rain this weekend, I put it in, and it it, it stopped the leak. So, yeah, I was just hoping it was it was more permanent than that. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to tell I'll you it's going to last forever, but it, it it's going to give you a pretty good run. Okay, thank you. Um, my last question, I. Uh, there's there's a lot of because of the drainage issues and overflowing gutters and such, um, it created some rot on siding. Yeah. Uh, there's wood siding around the garage and parts of the house that were added on. Not the entire house. It's mainly brick. Um, the estimate I got for uh a, for a James Hardy dealer was like in the twenty one thousand for everything. Right. Uh, and I was just wondering is that is that an accurate indication or like or accurate number or is should I, I keep looking around? I'm obviously going to do that, but uh, what should well, I be looking for is for price? You know, obviously I can't answer that since I don't know exactly yeah. what all is having to be replaced. Sure. But uh, definitely ask around. Uh, I would tell you to call Victor's Remodeling and Construction at 832-243-9997. But I'm going to give you another option if you want to... Uh, hold off because it's just around the bottom that it's rotted correct 
Um, actually, the top uh, where the gutters were overflowing. Okay. Yeah. On the on and, the uh, and, soft on the fascia boards. Then, yeah, and then the bottom where the uh, for the garage specifically. Yep. Where it splashes up. Okay, yep. fascia boards are fairly easy to replace without having to redo all the siding. You know, they can you can pop those off and pop the new ones on. As far as across the bottom, is it uh, is it the four by eight sheets of siding or is it lap siding on there right now? It's wood siding, um, and it's I, I'm not sure what lap siding is. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, where the lines run side to side instead of up and down. Vertical. Okay. So it's it's just it's just wood siding that's yep. yeah vertical. Well, one of the things that you can do is actually cut off the bottom, you know, like six inches, mm-hmm. and take a Z strip, which is used on that type of siding. You slide it up, and then you can slide a one by six trim board, and wrap the bottom of the the uh, garage with that one by six. Paint okay. everything up, and you have now bought yourself another ten, fifteen years. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll uh, look into that. Thank you for the information. You, that's going to save me a lot of money. Because it sounds like something I could do. You new home buyer, you you gotta you gotta cut you know cut the deals that you can make and and uh, make the home work for you. Oh yeah. So and I'm not afraid of projects. I just don't know where to start half the time. Yeah. Yep. Well, Stephen, well, good you. luck with that. Beretta. Welcome to KRLD. How can I help you? Thank you. I have a couple questions. One is my windows leak cold air. How do I fix that so they stop leaking? Well, it depends on where they're leaking the air from. If it's around the glass itself or around the window frame, are these uh, aluminum windows or wood? Aluminum. Okay. Chances are good then it's uh, leaking air around the, the window frame itself. Probably. I believe so. The, yeah. And, and it's really just a matter of recocking around the windows. Okay. Uh, people don't realize this, but as the caulking ages and cracks, when wind hits the window, it literally will come through those little cracks into the living space, and, and you will feel it coming in. So now, it's you, like recocking on the outside or the inside, or both? Both. Oh, okay. I can and, do and that. If you've got the old single-pane aluminum frame windows, you know, at some point you'll want to look at upgrading to double-pane. It'll make about a 30% difference on your energy consumption. Okay. Well, then my next question is, um, in my place, I get hot water at the kitchen sink, Uh but when I turn on the shower, I I get barely lukewarm water. And when I first got it, um, I was getting hot water. So what would be the problem there, and how do I fix that? Single-handle faucet in the shower? Um, I have just have that one-handle turn yeah. where you turn it to the left for hot and right yeah. for cold. Okay. And it's not on backwards because I checked that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not worried about that. But it, it's gotten some debris inside of the mixer valve there. And so it's okay. not allowing as much hot water to go in. Because a lot of times, if someone tells me that it's always been that way, there's an adjustment that can be made to where it gets more hot water. But since you were getting hot water and now you're not getting as much as you used to, it, it tells me some debris has gotten into the cartridge in there. So it, it, what it's a matter of is shutting the water off to the house. You'll remove the handle itself and then pull the cartridge out of the uh, fixture 
re and clean it up. Re probably since you got it apart, replace O-rings and all that stuff. Put it back in, and you'll probably be just fine at that point. Okay, I will definitely try that. Thank you so much. You bet. You take care, Beretta. David, how are you today? I'm very good. How are you today, sir? Doing wonderful. How can I help you? Well, I've got a little beach house that is on pilings, and I'm working on fixing it up. And even though it is about as well braced as it can be, it still moves a little bit, of course, because of being on pilings. And I'm thinking about putting in some new flooring, and I was looking at some waterproof vinyl you know, uh, stuff that kind of looks like wood. Yep. And they sell that stuff, of course, where it just kind of, you know, snaps together, you put it down dry, no adhesive. My next-door neighbor has that kind of flooring. It's been in for probably 10 years, and I'm not really seeing any gaps or where it looks like the flooring has moved, but it, it, it concerns me. I know it would be easier to put the stuff down that just snaps together, but because of being on pilings and the movement, should I glue it down? No. If if, if you want to see it start moving, go ahead and start glue it down. If you if you just snap it together and let it float on top of the floor, what it uh -huh. does is it just becomes like a, a nice blanket across the floor, and as the building shifts and and the uh, subfloor moves a little bit, it's not pulling your other your your finished floor apart it's literally letting it just float on top of it all right awesome i'm glad i called because like i said i was kind of scared of from the shifting that you'd have gaps form and uh oh no not at all that that is absolutely the way to go with with the if, if you've got a concrete slab i yep. love floating floors and if you're up on pilings like you are i love uh -huh. the floating floors because in both cases the subfloor can move without tearing up your flooring. Awesome, awesome. And uh, how right now it's got from uh, when I bought it, basically they put some indoor-outdoor carpeting down, and, of course, that was glued. Do I need to worry about getting in a sander and getting all that glue off, or how tolerant um, is the, well, what's the word I'm looking for, flatness of the floor? Does that have to be really good and flat, or... Do I, uh, or, or can I deal with uh, spots of an eighth of an inch of glue, as an example? Yeah, you want to get it as flat as you can. Uh, and what you're going to find is when you start pulling up that carpet, you'll be able to get it down even lower than an eighth of an inch without a whole lot of effort. Okay. Uh, and once you got it, you know, like that sixteenth of an inch, you're, you're good. Uh, okay. But it does depend on the type of flooring you're going to put in. The thicker the flooring the less you got to worry about that eighth of an inch, you know. The more lenient it is. Okay. Yeah. If you'll stop by Floor & Decor, uh -huh. take a look at uh, some of the floors they have. They have the floors that are uh, waterproof uh -huh. and snap together like that, look just like wood. Uh, and they got four different brands that they carry, so they got a huge selection for you. And I know you'll find what you're looking for them. Okay. Well, another real quick one. I was originally kind of thinking about ceramics and mortaring down, et cetera, but I'm assuming with the movement that would eventually be a big mistake. I will guarantee you you'll see cracks then. Okay. Thank you very much. You enjoy this awesome weather. You bet. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. 
you've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 